another episode of the Crime and Coffee Couple. My name's Mike. And I'm Allison. Yeah, baby girl. So we're going to give you a little story of uh, something I found on the internet, and um, hopefully you enjoy it and find it uh, a little creepy, a little disturbing. That's uh, what we're here for, right? That's what we're here for. All while drinking a little bit of coffee and um, settling in for a little story. But uh, before we do that, if you could, uh, if you enjoy this whatsoever, if you could just give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, it helps us out quite a bit, and it's free to you outside of um, you know about thirty seconds of your time, I'd say at the most. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, and uh, helps us rank up those charts. I think recently we were trending in like Kenya for some reason. Kenya, yeah. interesting. I got a report. It said like top one hundred and thirty podcasts in Kenya. That's awesome. So Kenyans, thank you very much for your listenership and everybody else wherever you are. So we're we're doing like very well in Seattle. Denver, which is kind of interesting. Um, it's it's kind of random. You it, know? I was just going to say that's kind of random. Yeah, because you know we have family in Chicago, so we do pretty well there, obviously. But um, yeah, it's everywhere else, we'll we'll take any listeners we can. Hopefully, we're we're you know making you enjoy while listening to us. And if it's your first time here, welcome. Welcome. Yeah, roll out the welcome mat. Tell your friends, neighbors, all those course kind of things. Um, so what's going on this week, sweetheart? Well, not much for me per se, but a lot for you. Yeah, yeah. We've, uh, finally got uh, castrated. Uh, got neutered, neutered. Got the snip snip. Went under the knife. Snip snap, snip snap. Yeah, yeah. So we told the kids I was getting neutered. They're like, Dad's getting neutered? What? And I'm like, okay, it's not neutered. I'm still going to have my testicles. It's just that I'm 43 years, 43 years old. A lot of people say, why'd you wait so long? And that's because you had an IUD for the longest time. And, um, you know, we're not looking to make any more chillings. Nope, that shop is closed. I'm now an elderly person that has no business having any more children. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so shop's officially closed. Well, not officially, officially. We have to test that in about 12 weeks. 12 weeks and about 20 opportunities. Yeah. Is what they say. So I'm looking forward to the next 12 weeks. Um, Actually, not just yet, but in the next, like, week or so, I'll be looking forward to it. Did you say 20 outputs, Uh, exports? Yes, 20 exports is what we need to focus on. It's going to be a long 12 weeks. Yep, I need your your hand, literally. (laughs) Literally. Yeah, and then this endeavor. So it's a lot of time. You know, if you're 43 years old, it's not like we're spring chickens anymore. No. Oh, my coworker who's young was like, that's not a lot. I'm like, it's a lot. And my other coworker who's similarly aged to me and has been married similarly as many years, she's like, that's a lot. Like, oh, those 20-year-olds, bless their hearts. <laughs> bless their little youngster hearts. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on now. And it's just like, you know, do I want to get up off the couch? Yeah, and you know, I'm it's so much easier to just read my book in bed. <laughs> right. Relax. Right. You don't get to work up a sweat or anything. And then other than that, um, I'm on this total kick of like purging from the house. Yeah, you are. I've watched um, on Netflix again, uh, The Minimalists, which they're also a podcast. It's just good to be re-inspired. I can always tell when you're listening to that because you have this look in your eye. It's just like, we need to get rid of stuff. And it's you're like, like, don't get crazy. Yeah. yeah I got to pull you in a little bit, whereas you know, you're kind of pushing me out a little bit, which is okay. I'm not like a huge pack rat or anything. No, you're not. But you definitely hold on to more things than I do. But that's, you know, everybody's got their thing. And then I'm watching like the Tiny House Nation. I'm just like so fascinated on minimalistic living i just because we don't need all the things that we have around us yeah we don't need you know five thousand square foot houses and all no. those sort of things we don't live in a five thousand square we foot don't house. know but it's just like everything's gotten so much bigger like i think about how our parents grew up there were like eight kids in uh what nine hundred thousand square foot bungalow in chicago everybody's buying multiple suvs and everything it's everything's just, you so don't need them big yeah like why it's america why do we have five thousand square feet houses like your parents live in a neighborhood that has larger houses yeah and i walk through there and 
you don't see anybody. There's like no kids out running around the neighborhood. So it's like, what do you have all this space for? What are you doing? American excess. I don't, I don't know. Kind of gross. It's good to reevaluate things, yeah. I think. But anyway, in the, um, what is it? In the nature of being more minimalistic, let's cut to the chase and get to our story. If well, you have one, nothing else to talk about. One thing I just want to mention real quick. I want to shout out somebody I've known for a long time. Okay. It's their birthday today. Oh. His name's George Jetson. George Jetson. He was, he was born today. Really? July 31st, 2022. If, uh, if anybody, any youngsters don't know, there was a TV show called The Jetsons. And now we're here in the future, I yeah, guess. Yeah. So this is the day he's born, and then he's going to have a boy, Elroy, his daughter, Judy. Or you no, daughter, um, daughter, Judy, Judy Jane, Jane, his, his wife. wife. Bum, 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 bum. Um, but yeah, we don't have flying cars or anything like what we saw in well, the show. Well, he's just born now, so it should yeah. be coming in like 10, 20, 30 okay. years. So I I'm, hope so. As long as we get that robot housekeeper, that's my main thing. I don't care about the flying car. I just want that robot housekeeper and the machine that I just glide through and I come out dressed, hair done, makeup on. I believe her name was Rosie. Right? Rosie, yes. Yeah. And uh, I always wanted, believe it or not, you, you might not believe this, I wanted the button where you press and you can just have any food you want. Yeah. I thought that was pretty awesome. That would be awesome. You got like a roast beef, you know, some steak or whatever. Just press a button and it's done. So we have that to look forward to. We do. So congratulations, everyone. Happy birthday, it. George. We made it. So without further ado, let's get right into the story. What do you say? Let's do it. All right. So our listeners, um, the two, two of my stories ago, I did a, a story for, out of China. Uh, this is going to be also out of China um, okay. and also from the same person that I found it from, my buddy Moondog151. From Reddit, correct? On Reddit. Yep. Yes. Yep. yep. Good, good man, that man. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, He gets all into these you know foreign stories that don't get a lot of play and kind of shares them with everybody. And I'm happy to do the same thing, um, especially this one. So you got to stick with me a little bit here. There's some twists and turns. I think this might be the most interesting story I've ever done. Oh, so okay. You, know, you be the judge. You're uh, you're building yourself up here, buddy. I am. We'll see if it I'm pays excited. off. I'm excited. Good. So the date was July 13th, 2010. The scene is in Sunji Village in China, along a dirt road with abandoned houses scattered along the road. There's a man walking quickly. He was taking this route because he needed to get into another village and was trying to get there as quickly as possible. So this was kind of a shortcut or just the fastest way. While walking around the dirt road, he smelled a terrible smell. Mm, Never a good thing. Yep. The smell was getting stronger and stronger, meaning he was getting closer and closer. And he finally found the source of the smell. It was coming out of uh, a well that was about a foot in diameter. He looks down in the wells, and you know it's, it's daytime. There's like sun, and but there's shade. It's like really bright, but there's also shade. So, you know, kind of hard for him to see exactly what was in there. Um, so he took a lighter and you know put it down in there to see if he can see a little bit better. And when he put the lighter down there, he saw what looked to be human feet. Oh. So he called the police right away. He freaked out. He's like, you know, you don't expect to see a human body sitting in a well. You do not. So word quickly spread around town. Villagers kind of all gathered like, whoa, let's just see what this is all about. You know, I mean, this is interesting. This is something that doesn't happen every day. And they also wanted to see if they knew the person, you know, whatever it might be. So uh, the police soon arrived and they sorted their way through the villagers, kind of like, okay, everybody break it up. We got to see what's going on here. This is an investigation scene. And they saw the hole was too narrow to get the person out. So they couldn't just pull and, you know, and not to mention they didn't want to you know, take any of the, the evidence and, and ruin it. So they had, they had to call out an excavator and dig up the anything around it. So with the machine digging as carefully as possible and the help of the villagers and everybody kind of banding together, they were able to take out the body, fully retrieve it without any damage to the body. Okay. 
which is good. Yeah. For uh, you know, purposes of finding out exactly who it is. The body belonged to a male. He was naked and had started decomposing. Um, the face was mostly down to a skull. The deceased person was about six feet tall, they estimated. And, you know, before the decomposition, about 200 pounds. Person was also between 30 and 40 years old. He was estimated to be dead anywhere between three months to one year. Wow, that's a big range. Yeah, it was like winter time, so... There was some preservation happening. Yeah, like probably when, when he got killed. So yeah, there was preservation, but then when did it get warm? And Well, yeah, because I don't know, in July, what's the weather like in China? I don't know. It's a good question. Okay. So, um, yeah, so the cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head and face. This evidence pointed to a homicide, obviously. Um, so police believe the murder was premeditated. Uh, because the body was taken to a well specifically and then abandoned there. And the, you know, it was at an abandoned house in an abandoned house area. So obviously they were trying to hide this thing. Um, and also not to mention that the clothes were gone. Uh, so somebody was trying to hide some evidence there and the face was disfigured from the beating it took. So I don't know if they had it in mind that yes, you know, we want to disfigure the face and just to make sure it's harder to find and, you know, maybe the teeth are gone or whatever it could be. So, um, police looked for more clues at the scene. Uh, they found an X at the bottom of the well that turned out to be the murder weapon. Okay. So that's good. But that was the only evidence they were able to find. Sure. So there were no fingerprints, no DNA on the X to identify the killer. So police had to get creative from this standpoint. Uh, the X turned out to be pretty unique, luckily. Um, not the smartest word murder weapon to choose, a unique X. No. <laughs> I'd probably get one at like Ace Hardware. I don't know if they have those in China. But um, yeah, maybe a hardware store of sure. some sort. That uh, you know, so the, this this particular axe it had these these bindings on it where the the top of the axe comes on. You you could just tell it was a unique axe, basically. So they were investigating where it came from. They found one axe store that sold this in the entire county, and they questioned the owner. They're like, okay, when's, let's take a look at these records. When's the last time this axe was sold? Uh, turned out they sold only thirteen of the same model axe ever, and the last purchase was made in December of two thousand nine which helped police kind of put a timeline together. So police questioned villagers and asked them if they saw anything suspicious around the December, January timeframe. And they said several villagers remember around January 28th, 2010. Anytime you say that exact date, that's the uh, usually a little good indicator. They saw some red marks in the snow nearby the well. Hmm. So red marks usually lead you into uh, to thinking about blood. So that pointed to the murder happening right around that time, January 28th. Next, police looked into any missing persons in the county, and they found there were 17 of them. So I'm not sure why, but they were all ruled out as being the victim. Probably timing and, you know, obviously description of how sure. big they were. In China, you know, that's a big person, six feet, 200 pounds. Yeah. In America and, you know, Australia, I don't think that's a big person. But in China, you know, a lot of people are under six feet, well under six feet, mm-hmm. five, five, seven, five, eight, especially men. And 200 pounds, that's a big dude. Right. So, um, Was it determined that this per- person was Asian? Uh, I believe so. Okay. I'm assuming, but yes. Uh, yes. So just to give you a heads up. Okay. Uh, it definitely was. But um, So the police were extending the search a little bit further, saying, okay, maybe surrounding counties. It doesn't necessarily mean it came just right from here. But um, it didn't really help when they went statewide. Still no luck. Uh, it didn't really make sense that none of the leads, um, you know, showed anything. So they re-examined all the leads they already looked at just to say, did we miss something? 
Like what, what something has to like point to it here, like anything. And they ended up finding one that was interesting. They're like, there's some things that don't match up, but this is possibly close. So we'll take a look at it a little bit further. It was 33 year old Wang X. Um, I'm going to use a lot of like other terms instead of their names because just selfishly, um, most of us are English speaking listening to this show. So I'm trying to like give them names where you can identify them easily. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to call him. I mean, his name's Wang. So that's close. Right. So <clears throat> Wang X was born in 1976 and he was a large chicken farm operator. He was married with three children and went missing March 9th, 2010. Not in January. Where they saw the blood then. Yeah. So that was part of the reason he wasn't being looked at. But the blood could have potentially been unrelated. I mean, possibly. Yeah, sure. And that's why they looked at it. They're like, we have no leads. Let's look into these other things. Sure. I will say these Chinese stories, they seem to do a really good job of investigating. I don't know if it's all true, but, you know, because Chinese, they... they you know, protect every piece of news that comes out of the country. They want to make themselves look good. Sure. So, so is it accurate? Are we pumping it up? We yeah, don't know. I don't know because all these sound perfect. So it's uh, we'll, we'll just take it as it is. Mm-hmm. That's all we can do. And all the all the articles I got these from, they're all in Chinese. So I had to do Google Translate and you know broken English. And Moondog did all this stuff That's for the awesome. most part too. So thank you. But um, yeah, but he was the closest match, so they decided to look a little bit closer. Uh, according to his wife, Wang left home that day. And just never returned. Hmm. Um, as police learned more about Wang, they found he wasn't the same height weight as the body found in the well, but you know he was kind of closer, a close-ish. Um, they made um, so that you know they probably ran into another roadblock there. They're like, okay, this the, the timeline doesn't match up, the size doesn't match up. He is a man in the village. <laughs> you know, he that, is messing. <laughs> yep, and so this is something to look into. Do you know how tall and how much he actually weighed? No, less and less. Yeah, I you, just wonder. Like, was he five foot seven? Because if that's the case, it's like, well, clearly that couldn't be him. Let's assume it was average. So yeah, yeah maybe but, like five eleven or something like that. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, and maybe they're thinking their their estimates were off. So sure. it's like just I've, in case. I've never personally measured you, so I don't know that you're factually six foot two. You tell me that you look like you are, but could I say that with? clear certainty that you're exactly six foot two no and i don't know you know people always are surprised that i'm 250 they're like you look like 225 i don't know if they're just being nice but it's hard right um but that yeah so yeah they're, they're just doing their due diligence here so as they were leaving and thanking wang's wife for her time uh they heard a story from the wife about one of wang's last purchases before disappearing it was a car a volkswagen santana which we know is the volkswagen passat here in the oh, u.s okay which he had sent to get painted right before his disappearance. Hmm. So police found it weird that Wang would spend time and money to buy a brand new car and then get that brand new car painted. Now, can people want a brand new paint job? Sure, but it's weird. Like maybe you'd order it from the factory that way or whatever. But your color options are limited from the factory, so perhaps it was a specialized color. Yeah, maybe he just wanted something special. But enough that they had no other leads. So it's like okay, let's let's look into this a little bit. So um, they found it weird that he'd spend the time and money after he just purchased it. So they looked into it a little bit more. So the police go to the repair shop that painted the car and they start asking questions. The employees confirmed, yep, we were hired to paint the car red and we did exactly that. Um, okay, but at, red's not a very specific color like that or, you know, that's something you can get from the dealer. Typically. Maybe it was like a nice shade of red, like, a you know, autumn sunrise. Maybe it was autumn sunrise. Do you like it? <laughs> What's that from Ghost? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, employees confirmed, yep, we definitely did it. 
But after the paint job was done, nobody came back to get the car. Okay. So they're sitting on it for a while. They're like, hey, uh, your car's done. You paid us to paint the car. Here it is. And come get it. Nobody came to get it. They held on to it for a bit, but it was taking up space at their shop. You know, like when you go to an auto body shop, you need to take your car out so they can get another car in of and course, work on it. Right? They're actively storing it. Yeah. So it's costing them money to basically have this in there. So they held on to it for a bit, but eventually they just drove it off to some random spot in the outskirts of town. That's crazy. <laughs> like any business would. <laughs> and they just left it out there in the foothills somewhere. That's so, <laughs> so random. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I mean, if anything, you'd think they would just be like, oh, I guess I'm going to take it home for now and drive it myself. Well, then, the, you know, then police can look into it as being stolen. So yeah. they're just like, OK, we're just going to park it's, it somewhere. It is an odd situation. You wouldn't expect somebody to leave their brand new car at your shop and not claim it. Yeah. So the police are like, okay, well, can you take us over there and see if we can look into the car, see if there's any clues or anything? So the police go to the spot where it was left, and it turns out it was still there in perfectly good condition. Hmm. Uh, They searched the car high and low, over, under, inside out, up and down, you name it, and they couldn't find much. But then they opened the trunk. Oh, geez. What's in there? found nothing. Oh, okay. But a few leaves. So that's like, okay. So one of the officers noticed... On one of the leaves, there was a red spot. So, a red spot on something. You're like, okay, well, the car was painted. Maybe they got some paint on the leaf somehow, some way. But no, uh, they actually tested it. Turned out to be some blood. And they were like, okay, well, let's take it for some DNA tests. Um, They ran it through a few different times. Like, the first couple hits didn't really get a hit, but they kept testing it and testing it. And eventually, they got a match. So... Uh, it matched the body of the deceased person in the well. Okay. So would we assume that this is Wang? That's what they're assuming at this point. So that means <clears throat> that means the dead person in the well was likely in the trunk of Wayne's car. Yes. So it's like, well, maybe not Wang, but maybe Wang had something to do with this. Or maybe somebody took Wang's car and pretended to be him and get it painted and just left it there. I don't know why. Yeah. But also, Wang's missing. Yeah. So, but, I mean, but I'm saying the murderer maybe disposed of Wang in the trunk and then, for whatever reason, took it to this body shop to get it painted. I don't know why you would do that. True. Or Wang killed him and put him in the well. I mean, that's the easiest theory there. But so, in the, it was, it's so weird because in looking for the person from the well, they potentially find the killer of the person in the well. Right, right. Yeah. Had Wang um, caught himself and. So we're saying that this person in the well is not Wang, but it's the person that Wang killed. Wang goes from being victim to to, suspect. To suspect. Okay. Quickly. Yeah. It's like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Just randomly, some reason, you know, we decide to test these things and we find that Wang had the body probably in his trunk in the car. So whatever, whether it's Wang or not, who knows? Probably not because it didn't match the size. True. As far as the, the body's concerned. So the police were right to look into Wang's whereabouts because he's potentially a killer. Right twist one okay Okay. stay with me here folks this is gonna only get better from here so immediately following that police started a manhunt for wang looking for him everywhere obviously they examined all the known details about him interviewed everybody trying to gather some information including phone records they found in january 2010 around the time of the murder wang was calling two different phone numbers frequently but right after the incident the calls stopped okay so police found the owners of the two phone numbers there were men named Han Boshan and Han Benli. Okay. In China, the first name is really your surname or mm-hmm. last name, I guess. And then your second name is your given name. So my, I would be Pernecki Mike mm-hmm. and you'd be Pernecki Allison. 
So um, they were Han Boshan and Han Benley. No relation to Han Solo. Oh, yeah. good one, Mike. Yeah, thank you very much. Really good. I even typed that out right here. That's that's creative. That's my joke. <laughs> okay, so um, despite these guys having the same surname, they weren't related, but they're friends. Okay, it's probably a common last name. I'd imagine. There's a lot of common names in this whole story, so it gets confusing, but I, I, I keep it pretty good for you folks because I care. Good job, Mike. Thank you. Well, we'll see. Don't tell me yet. So police went to the home first of Han Boshan and questioned him. He said he and Han Benley were doing some work for Wang. So they definitely know him. Um, but besides that, they definitely had nothing to do with the crimes or murder. It's like, yep, doing work. Definitely didn't do any murder or crimes. Don't worry about it. Your work is good here. You can go on. So, yeah, police yeah, took that down. And they're like, okay, we'll mm-hmm. see about that. We'll maybe uh, determine that. Yep. After speaking with Han Boshan, police went to the home of Han Benley. But he wasn't there. And he had not been home in months. Mm-mm. Was he six feet tall and 200, and 200 pounds? Perhaps. I have to listen. Police learned from Han Benley's family that he had been missing since he left with Han Boshan to assist their buddy Wang. It just so happens Han Benley was about six feet tall. And 200 pounds. 32 years old and almost 200 pounds. Well, there you go. Did he go missing right around the time the blood was seen in the snow? Uh, sure did. Not to mention the last time Han Benley's family heard from him was January 24th. Oh, and the blood was seen the 28th, I believe. Uh, right around there. Yeah. Yeah. So police, it's, it's looking pretty bad for uh, Han Benley it's here. It's looking like this might be Benley. Yep. So police got his DNA samples to compare them to the body from the well. So like, it's weird how these are all kind of connected here. It's like these guys talking to this guy and it's like, okay, now these talk to these two guys. Okay. One of them matches the exact description. So the police are putting these puzzle pieces together here. Did he not come up on the missing list of people that, you know, they had pulled that didn't match? He must not have, obviously. Why didn't he? I don't know. Hmm. So police got his DNA samples to compare them to the body from the well. Like I said, it was Han. After the match, police went straight to interrogate Han Boshan. Makes sense. And this is on July 29th, questioning him why he wouldn't have reported his good friend missing after coming back from working with Wang. Right. Like, buddy, you were with him, and he didn't come back with you? Like, what's the deal here? You're you're looking pretty... Suspicious. Suspicious, exactly. Han Boshan denied killing or having any knowledge of what happened to his friend Han Boshan. Han Benley. Telling police Han Benley went to work somewhere else while Han Boshan returned home. Okay. It's like, I don't know. He went to work somewhere. I'm going to stay quiet. <laughs> Thanks, though. Well, take care. But police stood firm, showing him that they know both Han Benley and Wang's phone stopped making calls as of January 24th. So Han Boshan quickly broke down and decided to confess. He's okay. like, okay, you got it. Yeah, you got me. You're right. And, you know, the problem with this confession only led to more confusion. So here's what he what he said um, in his confession. In September 2009, the Hans did travel to work for Wang. And a woman named Zhang Hongsha, who I'm going to refer to as Anne. Okay. Just because her last initial is A. So um, Zhang Hongsha, I'm going to call Anne. Okay. So um, what kind of work were they hired to do? They were hired killers. And Wang was paying the Hans a total of 100,000 yuan to be split between them which is about $7,500 U.S. dollars each. So not a whole lot. No. I don't think I'd kill somebody for $7,500. I wouldn't kill somebody for any money, but that's just me. Well, hey, you know, put it out there, folks. Maybe a couple millions, billions? Uh, maybe we shouldn't. No, probably not. Um, it's I hear it's illegal. I, I heard that too. So they were given, you know, offered 100,000 yuan to kill a wreath shop owner 
so a wreath shop like florist i think he was kind of a florist um for funerals and things of that nature okay um named zhang benling whom i'm going to refer to as bomb uh, bob bob yeah so we're, we'll call him bob from here now bob and ann they were married okay all right so the hans never asked why wang wanted bob dead they just wanted the money so they got right to it basically as police learned about this new person, Anne, they arrested her because she obviously had something to do with this whole thing here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was clear evidence that she was definitely involved. And she also had a part of her own confession involved in the rest of the story here. So she explained that Wang was good friends with her husband, Bob, um, the guy that they both wanted dead. Right. And Bob would regularly invest in Wang's chicken farm, but that Wang was cheating with Anne, Bob's wife. So yeah, kind of thought you were going to say that. Wang was up and Anne, basically yeah. here. Anne and Bob didn't get along. They just didn't have a happy marriage. Okay. Um, they would fight a lot, things of that nature. And Anne had accused Bob of domestic abuse at some point, which is never good. Um, Anne wanted to divorce Bob and likely get with Wang, but thought it'd be too complicated since she was shipping her husband's best friend, Wang. And Wang was married as well. Yes. And had three children. Yep. So it was like too complicated. So what do they do? And they're like, well, let's just kill Bob. I think that'll be a lot easier. Yeah. Not a good idea, people. No, no. Don't kill anybody. Just go through the regular Just get divorced. Yeah. You're going to be found. It's not going to be worth it. If anybody listening to this is thinking about it, just just get a divorce and things will be better in 10 years. Mm -hmm. But yeah, instead of murdering him directly, Ann and Wang decided to hire the Hans to murder Bob for them. Okay. The first plan to kill Bob was to stage a car accident where Bob was hit by a car while walking around town. So these two Hans would follow Bob around town and just look for an opportunity when he was out of his car and be like, okay, let's go hit him. You know, hopefully hitting a, getting a crosswalk, go get the car up to 50, 60 miles an hour and just destroy his body. So they were going to do a hit and run. Yes, precisely. Or no, not even run. They would just be like, oh my gosh, I was looking down and I hit him or whatever it might be. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what their exact plan was, but they were planning on hitting him with a car. Okay. Okay. They never got a good shot at him. They would, you know, try to find him. And and Bob started to realize there was people following him. So he would park in like public places. And then he'd start to like park in spots where like you couldn't really get to him really easily, like in parking lots and kind of small spaces and stuff. Um, So, yeah, the the Hans also had guns and an axe that they had purchased. Okay. Um, And they were ready to use them to knock off Bob at this point. So they were like, okay, we can't get him with the car thing. We're just going to try to get him the old-fashioned way and maybe try to shoot him or stab him with a gun or stab him with an an axe or whatever it takes, kind of some blunt force trauma. Now, it's surprising the Hans couldn't finish the job because they had inside information coming from Anne who lived with him and was his wife of like where he's going where you know where yeah where to find him she would do that she'd be like hey uh he's leaving for the store go get him now you know he's he's going uh, in 25 minutes he's going to be going to the supermarket whatever it might be so after like i said when bob caught on to their attempts uh wang informed the hans that they need to change their approach he's like listen guys whatever you're doing isn't working you got to change it up he knows he's like he's aware of you you got to do something a little bit more surprising than following him around town trying to kill him with an axe well and obviously you can't do this in a public place where people are you know witnesses yep so in october 2009 the hans decided to make a time bomb okay put in bob's car this is like a movie right um so they they make a time bomb um put it in his car to detonate at a certain time when they you know looked at his schedule and they said okay he'll be in the car at this time he's driving to work whatever it might be so 
uh, of course, the day they put the bomb in the car, Bob realized he'd forgotten to buy water from the store. So he goes on to work, he goes and parks the car, and he goes into the store to go buy some water. Wow. So instead of being in the car at his regularly scheduled time, he's in a store buying some water, and he watched his car explode into bits and pieces. Holy cow, how lucky <laughs> that he just so happened to stop. Yeah, this is like a, right out of a movie. You're just like, <laughs> boom, you know, your Holy car explodes crap. a million pieces. So that's strike two, right? So maybe even strike three at this point. A lot of strikes going on here. The third plot, they were like, okay, well, that didn't work. And now Bob doesn't have a car anymore. So third plot was to improve on the second attempt, which they should have done in the first place. But instead of a time bomb, they chose to use another bomb in the car, um, this time with a remote detonator. So, so they, they press can the control button. it. Exactly. So in November 2009, they put this bomb into Bob's new car. And uh, Bob being the rightfully paranoid guy that he is at I this was point. just going to say, if I were Bob... <laughs> I don't know what I would be doing at this point. Yeah, I'd, I'd be scared for my life on a daily basis, looking around and thinking there's things in the trees. And yeah, of course. You feel like you're being followed. Your car just randomly explodes while you're getting a water. Yeah. Yeah. So um, being rightfully paranoid, he ended up finding the bomb in his car. Jesus. And got rid of it before it could explode. So he's like getting in his car every morning to go to work and make his wreaths. And he's like searching under the seats and things like that. Correct. That's crazy. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly like you would think of it in a movie. This is, it's, it's nuts. And then you actually find it. Yep. It was there. Yep. So the Hans were frustrated at this point. They're like, listen, we tried to axe this guy. We tried to hit him with a car. We tried two bombs already. Like, what are we supposed to do? And uh, poor guys, right? You know, they're trying oh, to... Oh, yeah, those poor Hans. Yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming Bob is reporting this to police, that there's a bomb in his car. His car's already exploded. I'll talk about that in a second here. Okay. So they decided, let's just do this the old-fashioned way. We're just going to run after him right now. Just go bludgeon him with an axe. Let's Jeez. just do it. Let's like We're sick of this like cat and mouse game. Let's just go kill him. But they had a new problem because Bob went into hiding. <laughs> they couldn't find I, him I don't anymore. blame Bob. I would have been in hiding as well. <laughs> now, Bob wasn't like a super rich guy. He wasn't super important. He was just a local small business owner. He didn't have bodyguards or helicopters. It wasn't like 007 type stuff, obviously. Um, but the Hans just couldn't find him no matter what they did. Turns out, Bob ended up going to his sister and telling her about the cars following him, about the car bombs, you know, like anybody would, and everything going on with them lately. Bob's sister asked if Bob made any enemies or business associates or wronged anyone that would be trying to come after him for, you know, revenge. And he, Bob's like, no, man, I'm, I'm good with everybody. I don't know what the hell's going on here. So Bob and his sister also discussed calling the police like you wanted to, um, but... For some stupid reason, they decided against it, hmm. since Bob hadn't been physically harmed yet, and there was no evidence of the crime, which I guess when, you know, the bomb went off the first time, and they found the bomb the second time, I don't know, maybe he didn't hold on to it, and, you know, threw the bomb somewhere, and I'm sure the Hans got a hold of it and took care of it. That's weird to find a bomb in your car and just, like, dispose of it in some sort of trash receptacle. Yeah, I, I that's a weird part of the story for me. Uh, there's definitely, you know, your car was exploded by a bomb. That's yeah, clearly would, somebody going after you. You would think police would have been notified of that. The fire department would have come out. It happened in a public place. Yeah, I guess the Chinese police, they don't really look into things unless somebody's harmed. Okay. Maybe that's a cultural thing. I don't know. You know maybe it's... Too, too many crimes to look into or something? I don't know. And Bob wasn't suspecting that his wife was responsible for this? No. Okay. Because clearly they didn't have a good relationship. Right. For sure. 
But uh, I guess, you know, never think that your wife's trying to kill you. I don't sure. know. I don't, you know, I can't come from that place being having a bad relationship because I have a good relationship. I, I do too, Mike. Yeah. I so, like you a lot. I like you too. So Bob continued living his life, um, but just being very paranoid and cautious, obviously. Is he out of hiding at this point? Yeah, yeah. Like he, he was a lot more careful and he would, you know, pop out in different times and, you know, not make it as easy to find him, basically. So it seems like the part in the movie, like, dude, just tell the cops, just go to the cops. But he, he couldn't for whatever reason. Um, Wang was pissed off at the Hans for not getting the job done. I mean, I'm thinking they're not doing a very good job because, I mean, why wouldn't they like hide in his house or something? Right. Like, Anne should just be like, okay, you, you're going to be here where it's going to be a house break in or something. Yeah. Maybe Anne didn't want any direct correlation at all and be like, hey, well, yeah, why didn't you stop them? And she's Outside always of home. The house, yeah. 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 Who knows? But um, Wang's pissed off. He's like, I'm offering you this money and you're not getting it done. And at this point, Wang had raced, wasted around 40,000 yuan. Um, so, you know, he, the, the um, you know, ultimate goal for them was 100,000 yuan right. to be paid. So He's close to halfway there. Yeah, he's paid for all the different plans, the bombs, the axes. the. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I'm thinking, well, an axe isn't expensive. A gun isn't really that expensive. Uh, room and board for the two to be staying there because okay. they're from out of town. So just basically staying for all, you know, paying for all these things, uh, food and all that stuff. So the money flow wasn't ending anytime soon. Every time it's like, okay, we need more time. We need more money. We need get, here's the next plan. Here's the next plan. So to add to it, the Hans began to try to extort money from Wang. They're like, listen, buddy, uh, we got you. Um, <laughs> we need more money here. Or you're not going to get what you want. Uh, they were threatening to go to police with the murder for hire plot, being like, you're, you're hiring us for murder. We can go to the police and you'll probably be put to, to put to death or at least a, a life sentence here. But they've already attempted murder with the bombs. They have. So yeah. their hands are dirty as well. They are. Yeah. But Wang kind of seems like a wuss a little bit. Uh, he doesn't seem like a, a professional criminal at well all? he didn't hire the right guys because clearly they couldn't have done this before right not that i'm saying you should hire somebody to kill somebody this is all wrong but if you do hire the right person and I you're mean, probably not hiring the right person if they're willing to accept only 7500 dollars yeah. so yeah you know and then maybe wang didn't have more so he's he's desperate you know just wanted to get with ann here at this point but um yeah so they're like listen we're gonna go to the cops and we're also gonna tell everybody about how you're cheating on the wife you're cheating with ann so Wang folded like a wuss and increased the Han's reward to 140,000 yuan. Okay. Eat, uh, to be split. So I was kind of surprised by this part. If Wang's any kind of criminal, you just got to kill the Han's at this point because they're like compromised and they're gonna just going to keep doing the same thing. The and next time they don't kill them, they're going to be like, oh, it's 200,000 yuan. Right. Now, when you know? somebody is trying to get money from you, they just keep wanting more and more and more. Absolutely. Let this be a lesson to you kids out there listening. Somebody's trying to extort you, kill them immediately. No, no this is no. all wrong. We're not justifying any of this. This is satirical. I don't even know if it's satire. It's me <laughs> being sarcastic. That's that's a better way to put it. Don't kill anybody, kids. Okay, turns out Wang was kind of thinking along the same lines as me. So he was too much of a coward to take it into his own hands. So he's trying to think, okay, how can I do this so that this isn't going to be a problem anymore? So he secretly called each of the Hans and was like, okay, I'm not telling the other Han this, but here's the thing. Uh, he offered them a full reward if they could kill the other Han. So both of them, he's like, if you kill the other Han, you get the full reward. Don't have to kill Bob and you're off scot-free and out of my hair because Wang could see this going wrong very soon here. So both of them ended up, I, I thought I thought that was kind of smart. Um, I would say, you know, if you don't want to do the killing directly, then go ahead, just offer them both. None of them know, unless they both talk to each other like, oh my God, this idiot Wang just offered me money and then they can pretend, you know. Sure. But, 
although if you're you know willing to get that money you're probably just going to do it so um so both of the hans ended up agreeing to the secret side pact okay they were too afraid that once they killed bob the other one might rat the other one out so they're like well this is actually going to be a better situation we're just going to kill the other one don't have to worry i know wang's never going to say anything and my accomplice is going to be dead so i'll get off scot-free so may as well get the money now i have nothing to worry about so on january 24th 2010 while wang and ann were at home relaxing enjoying a nice cup of tea with one another cheating bastards uh the hans agreed with one another to meet up to discuss the next plan to kill bob in quotes Mm -hmm. but really they were wanting to kill each other but each of the hans was there to kill the other han like i said so the fight didn't last long han boshan clobbered han benley with the axe he purchased jeez killing han benley pretty quickly uh han boshan called wang to give him the news of his victory and honestly wang was a little surprised because han benley was considerably larger than han boshan so he figured that benley would be the one that would you know come out the victor but kind of hard to fight against an axe yeah if you have nothing i I don't know what benley had maybe he had a gun he decided a little bit later so you know i guess the waiting kind of whoever acts first yeah axe oh yeah not good hey bad pun yep actually i thought it was pretty good once wang ended the call um he drove over to help han boshan to remove the body and wang decided to dump the body into a local well that he knew of because he was a local person knew about the abandoned houses and said this is a perfect spot they took off all of han benley's clothes and dumped him into the well head first along with the axe murder weapon they then burned han benley's clothes and han boshan was paid his promised 140,000 yuan as he returned home so they're wiping their hands clean everything's done they're like okay fine let's just call it quits this is done you're going back home while the case wasn't as cut and dry as police were expecting, they had solved the murder. So they're like, okay, we know who was in the well. We know who killed them. I think we got our people. They had themselves a killer, like I said, but they still couldn't figure out where Wang was. Right. They're like, what's going on there? The trials for Han Boshan and Anne began in early 2011. Anne was sentenced to 11 years in prison, while Han Boshan was sentenced to death with a two-year reprieve. If you remember from my last story, means if he has good, um, you know, acts well, then he can turn his death sentence into a life sentence. Okay. So uh, they review it in two years, and they're like, okay, now it's life sentence, which they actually did, and that happened in 2015. So he's in jail for... For uh, life, you said? For life, yep. The story's not even close to done. Okay. Hey, there's a twist here. There is. (laughs) As I mentioned, they still couldn't find Wang. So there's just no sign of him Um, after, like, January 2010. No phone records, no use of his ID or bank accounts, nothing. Like, he was wiped from the earth almost. Uh, Everyone police asked about Wang, so they had not heard from him, and leads were running dry. In October 2012, police decided to, again, look back at everything they looked at, just again, to more of a fine-tooth comb, being like, okay, something we missed. There had to be some kind of clue here somewhere. And turns out there was one t- yeah, there was one text that was overlooked. Okay. I don't know why they missed this in the beginning, but it seems pretty important. Maybe the timelines weren't quite matching up. They didn't like think, okay, we got to take this down. The message was sent from Wang, Wang's phone, to all his family members saying, Brother, I want to hide my debts, and I will come back in two years. End quote. There was one odd twist in that text. It wasn't written in the local dialect. And it didn't use the same customs as the locals did. So, like, you know, something in the beginnings. And, you know, it's something weird. Like, if you're in a local, you're like, this isn't from a person around here. Yeah, you would assume somebody else wrote it. Yep. Meaning the text certainly wasn't written by Wang. 
but someone not from the village pretending to be Wang. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, suspicious. This is something. We have a date here. We can pretty much say Wang was not using this phone when this happened. So right. something happened on this date, basically. Tracking down his debts owed, they looked into it to see like what kind of debts. Police found Wang's chicken farm owned owed 1 million yuan, which is about $150,000 in various debts, which isn't a gigantic debt. I mean, most businesses are in debt for something, whether it's loans or, you know, to improve their things or whatever it might be. It's, you know, it's kind of standard or maybe for products you're buying and feed and stuff for the chickens are kind of backlogged a little bit. But um, police started to think Wang may be a victim of a crime as well. Sure. That's what I would assume as well. Yep. So even though Wang was in debt, police didn't think that's why Wang disappeared. There's no evidence of anyone calling and looking for the debt and you know, badgering him about it. it. It didn't just, you know, there wasn't any kind of thing saying, yeah, he was trying to get away from this. No doubt about it. Um, the chicken farm was largely profitable. So the cash flow was still coming and he could still pay these debts. It wasn't like he was screwed out and like, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to pay this stuff back. Along with Wang's ability to buy a new car. You know, right. He recently purchased that car. If you're worried about paying stuff off, you're probably not buying a brand new car and painting it red. Right. So it's clear Wang wasn't probably wasn't stressed about this debt as much as the text was making it seem. So if Wang was dead, as police were suspecting, there's one guy that was likely to cause Han Boshan. Right. So police visited Han Boshan in prison and interrogated him. But to no surprise, he denied killing Wang. <laughs> but he's already in prison for life. So is he afraid if he confesses it's going to get switched back to death? Maybe. Um, I don't know if it can at this point. I okay. think he's kind of done. Maybe. Because, you know, what do you have to lose yeah. at this point? But he's like, no, I, I didn't come back to the village after, you know, I went back home. There was no reason for me to go there. I had no business with Wang. I was done. I got my money. I was happy. So police looked into it. They verified. They're like, yeah, I mean, the timeline doesn't add up. There's no way he could have done it. You know, just he was definitely not there when this happened. Okay, so he's taken off the table as a person of suspect. Yep. Quick side note, the day of Wang's disappearance was a bad weather day with lots of snow, fog, which is kind of rare in the area, which is, you know, why they saw blood on the, um, you know, at the initial well for Han Benley. So, you know, a few months afterwards, it was still snowing and looking terrible. The next step was to interrogate Anne. Mm-hmm to see if she knew anything initially she's like nope i'm not saying anything you're just trying to you know nail him to the murder i'm not saying anything and they're like no actually what we're trying to do is we think he might be dead so you we haven't heard from him nobody knows where he is we're trying to find his killer or whatever happened to him yeah right so Anne's tone changed and she cooperated with the questioning she explained that wang fled the village after the murder because being wang uh he was afraid that han benley's body would be found so didn't want any part of it. He's like, I'm taking off. Uh, I'm going to come back in a few months when things settle down. So she had no idea what had happened to Wang after that. And suggested police look at her husband. Bob. I was wondering if Bob would come into the picture. Yes. <laughs> at this point, I kind of forgot about Bob. I was like, what about Bob? <laughs> what about Bob? Yeah. Yeah. So Bob was a good suspect once they researched the possibility a little bit more. He knew all about Wang's chicken farm debts. And since he was involved with giving Wang money and investing in the chicken farm, and if he had somehow known about the affair between Wang and Anne, then he'd have a clear motive to murder Wang. Mm-hmm. And when, then maybe he suspected that Wang was involved with these bombs in his car and yeah, whatever. Right. When Bob was questioned, he denied any involvement, like all these people do. This seems to be the running theme here. Police were kind of at a dead end. But Bob did say one thing that was interesting. So Bob should have shut the hell up at this point. Right. Just say, I have no involvement. End of story. Yes. 
So let that be a lesson to you people out there as well. <laughs> Bob brought up how Wang and Han Boshan disposed of the body in the well. Bob said, quote, his way of killing was so stupid. How could he have thought throwing a body in there? If it were me, I would have dragged them to the cremation ground and burnt them to the ashes so you couldn't find them. Okay, so this is probably what he did with Wang. <laughs> Oddly specific, yes. Like, why? It's like, man, you had him. So the police were initially just going to question Bob. They're like, okay, we just got to question you. You know, you're not a suspect yet. And they're like, well. Now you're a suspect. <laughs> now you're and a suspect. we believe that you had him burned. Yes. So Bob, as I mentioned, as a wreath shop, wreath shop owner, um, like I said, kind of like a florist, but mostly to funerals and stuff like that to make those big wreaths at the caskets and stuff. Does he have like an inn with a crematorium or something? Yep. He owned a funeral shop. He like leased out a funeral shop. Um, he was handling many death certificates and cremation due to those funerals. Okay, so there you go. So, But the thing is, China's very strict. I imagine most countries are very strict on who can be cremated. You can't just like walk up and throw a body into a cremation station. I wouldn't think so. Um, I guess the process is a hospital, hospital issues a death certificate, and then the town issues an application. And if the death is suspicious in any way at all, then uh-huh. the police have to approve the request before it's you know officially done. Sure. So when looking into recent cremations, now the police are looking into all of them. Again, a lot of data being put through. It sounds like police work's kind of boring. You know, you look at it, you see it on like TV and all these things going on, but a lot of it's in the background, just trying to find connecting the dots. So they look in all the recent cremations and all of them follow procedures. None really stood out. There wasn't one that was like, oh, this one didn't have an approval. Like they all had their proper approvals like you would imagine. Otherwise it wouldn't be able to be done. So they expanded their search to nearby towns and villages. They found a funeral home that had a photocopy driver license of a corpse with a different name, Zhang Jiaqui, who I'm going to call Zed. Um, but the photo looked very similar to Bob. So, like, pretty much exactly Bob. And like, this is Bob here. So I don't know how they came across it, but just looking through pictures, they're like, okay, that's that's Bob. That's not a guy named Zed. Um, so even though a fake name was possibly used, all the bodies... Uh, were transported all the bodies transported were real deceased people Uh, they were following all the right rules so they found zed's records and ended up taking the fingerprints from his files and also on file they had his handwriting samples both the handwriting samples and the fingerprint matched bob okay okay so investigating all the names of everyone cremated police noticed that there was one name that appeared twice um, like of everybody like it wasn't just like of one place it was like everybody in all these towns so somehow they did a comparison they're like there's one name that comes up twice it was a guy named ding muja not a very important name but um, no no offense but in the in this story mm-hmm. so um, a 78 year old man who was cremated november 12 2009 but strangely also cremated in a different town in 2010 okay so we used his name probably with wang's body right so when police contacted Ding's family, they confirmed he was cremated just once in mm, 2009. I would assume so, yeah. <laughs> like, so was he cremated twice? Any kind of reason? Like, did you find more or something? Yeah, you never know what the situation might be. Maybe they found an How arm. How do you cremate a body twice? Well, maybe they found an arm and they were like, okay, we got to put this in there and two. Let's cremate this. I Okay. I don't know. Maybe it was behind a couch. Couch cushions, right? So it seemed like his name was used to cover up the cremation of Wang's body. The police were surprised all over again because now they were investigating the victim, Bob, for murdering the suspect, Wang. Yeah. So one problem, they still couldn't arrest Bob because while they had 
matching handwriting and fingerprints to Bob from the file, they still couldn't prove that Wang was definitively dead. Right. And they couldn't explain how Bob got around the strict regulations of all this cremation. So through the investigations, police caught a break when they talked to an owner of an auto parts store. <laughs> They're just like talking to everybody. Like, do you know anything about any of this stuff? Anything around this time that could have happened that might lead to something? What would have even led them to the auto parts store? I think it's a small town. So it's like just, just talking to everybody. Just talking to everybody. Yeah. Like, hey, anything weird happened around January or March or June, whatever. You know, um, just like, was there a situation where something happened? Just tell us the story and we'll tell you if it means anything. Yeah. Right. So the auto parts owner's uh, store, the auto parts store owner's name was Tian. And he stated on March 9th, 2010, Bob's car broke down. So this is something involving Bob. Bob's car broke down and Bob called his store to help. Tian arrived at the scene and described people that sounded like Bob and Wang. So Bob and Wang were in the car together. Okay. This means Bob was probably the last person to see Wang alive based on the timeline of events, Mm -hmm. based on when he stopped texting and all those other things. Sure. So they wanted to nail it down and be like, okay. At least we're closer here. And maybe if they can tell Bob about it, be like, we got you, buddy. We know you're the last person with him. Maybe he'll, he'll fold at that point. Police. Now, this is another thing. Uh, they're searching high and low about everything. There's a little bit more that goes into the story. But suffice to say, police ended up finding a large wooden sofa chair that Bob had kept in a funeral home that he had previously leased. So he was kind of weird about this chair. They looked into the story. Um, he, Bob insisted he'd be the only person to move this chair because it's heavy. He was worried about it. It was people, you know, were kind of giving stories that like he was, he was weird about this chair. Um, at one point Anne told police that uh, there was a story where Bob threw away a cushion from the chair because there was a stain on it. Mm. So it was really weird in this town because they don't just throw things away. Like a lot of Americans do. They, they wash things and reuse them and try, you know, stitch them together and whatever, because it's not a super rich town, mm-hmm. you know? So they're just like, if something can be used, they're going to use it. So it's really rare to just throw something away without thinking about it. So she, it kind of went in her head. Like, it's weird that he's throwing this away. Right. So police were like, okay, um, well, let's take a look at this chair. See if we can find something, some kind of clue somewhere. Um, but so sure enough, Police found traces of dried blood on the chair. And after a DNA test, it was confirmed the the blood belonged to Wang. Okay. So So now they have a direct correlation for sure between Bob and Wang. Correct. Because Wang's blood is on Bob's chair. Yes. Not only that, police also found a driver's license under the chair and learned that Zed, the guy's name that had matching handwriting and fingerprints, was a real person and Bob had stolen his identity. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but zed is alive and well somewhere yes interesting yeah bob uh maybe um yeah it's it's it's, it's kind of i don't know we'd want to confirm that he didn't do something to harm zed and then take his identity right right um he might have been a person that had been killed already or you know cremated already okay i'm, I'm not completely sure got it but bob was arrested and finally confessed okay. they're like okay we got you we got your chair we got the blood we got this identity that you stole we got your fingerprints <laughs> we got this the jig is up bob exactly According to the confessions of Bob and Ann um, and everybody, Bob and Ann fought a lot. And after a really bad fight, Ann ran away one day and didn't come back. Um, Bob was worried. So he asked the phone company for his wife's calling history to be like, I just want to know that she's okay. I just want to see that she's making calls, receiving calls, whatever. Her phone's still on. Um, so he asked the phone company. And that's when he found out about the many calls made between his wife, Anne, and his good buddy, Wang, mm-hmm. which understandably angered him quite a bit. So this revealed that they were having an affair. Yep. 
It also explained why Ann and Bob's phone bills were so high. <laughs> I guess uh, Bob's a man after my own heart. He noticed that the phone bills were pretty high, and he's like, what the hell's going on? Why are these so high? Um, at that time, you know, I guess, you know, you paid per minute and everything, not unlimited like now, but uh, he complained about it to Ann for a long time. He was like, what's going on? She's like, I don't know. And in the meantime, she's calling Wang all the time. So on March 9th, 2010, Bob invited Wang to his store, which is where they were going when this car broke down. Okay. Um, he was going to try to get an explanation out of him as far as all the calls. He's going to basically say, okay, I know you're talking to my wife. There's probably cheating going on. Just tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, or are you going to be a dick about it? Are we going to have a fight here, man to man? What's going on? So once they got to the store, Bob got angry with Wang, understandably, and the two got into a fight, a fist fight, altercation. Bob ended up getting Wayne, like getting him down, beating him down, and strapped him into a chair with the help of another accomplice, which isn't really important to the story as much, but I'm not going to add another person's name to this. Okay. um, So he had the help of this other person, strapped him into a chair, and started beating him with a wooden stick. It's basically like, what? You're cheating on with my wife? Boom, boom, boom. You know, just taking out his anger on him, right? Um, So much so that Bob went unconscious. That that Wang went unconscious. Wang went unconscious. So Bob just waited for him to wake up. He's like, all right, so I'll, I'll leave it on you. Like, come on, wake up, wake up. He never woke up. Wow. So he, uh, Bob is saying it wasn't his intent to kill Wang. That's the story. But Wang, of course, it's his story. Yeah. So, yeah, he never woke up. Bob panicked and realized, holy shit, we need to get rid of Wang's body. Like, this cannot happen here. So he went to the village and explained, oh, you know what? Uh, I just got a, a death certificate. You know, you guys just gave me one recently here. I lost it. Can you just print me out another one or just give me another one? And I'll fill it in. I'm, I'm really sorry. And they knew him. You know, he's been done doing this a million times. Probably went, yeah, I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm so sorry. And yeah, like, so they didn't really think much of it. Yeah. And so they gave him a blank certificate, which is a big no-no, mm. um, which he filled in with Ding Mujia's information. And drove to a funeral home with Wang's body. Okay. So once at the funeral home, Bob presented the forged death certificate to the staff who was like, okay, this is legit. He did all the right things and uh, he got a death certificate. We're good to go. And they agreed to cremate the body. Before Bob scattered Wang's ashes off the bridge, he sent the fake text text message we talked about earlier. Bob said he didn't know about the plot Wang had to have him killed at the time. So it wasn't even about the killings or anything like that. It was just about cheating on his wife, Wow, basically. And he felt guilty about killing his friend. But then when the police came out to visit him in July, August 2010, um, he found out his wife was arrested for putting out a hit on him along with Wang's help. So his guilt magically disappeared. He's like, these sons of bitches were trying to kill me. So I don't actually, I'm I'm glad that I killed Wang. That guy's a piece of shit. He deserves to be dead. Bob was put on trial April 25th, 2014, and was found guilty of intentional homicide, sentenced to life in prison. Okay. Believe it or not, that's the end of the story. I believe it. Yeah. So what Wow. That's, yeah, a lot going on there. A lot. A lot going on. And a lot of just very shady characters, yeah. all of them. It's like the more I you mean, talk Anne, about. Wang, the Hans, Bob, like everybody was capable and willing to commit murder. Yeah. I, I don't know these people. I'm, I'm thankful. You know, they say you're the average of the five people you hang around with the most. Nobody I've ever been with has asked about, you know, murder for hire. And this is five separate people that were completely capable of murdering somebody. Yeah. That's just kind of crazy. And failing at it. So Bob was pretty good, you know, getting away from all those murders. I was proud of the little fella. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think really just the Hans were not doing the best of jobs. No. No, and Wang and Ann, they should have just, I don't know. They, none of this stuff needed to 
be done. Just go ahead. Like, just imagine. I mean, you could go ahead and get a divorce and things might suck for a year or two, but you're not going to jail. It's right? funny what people are willing to do yeah. to avoid going through a divorce. It's like massive procrastination. It's like, I just don't want a divorce because it looks bad in society. So I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah, but murder is a better option, right? Yeah. And you hear about that a lot. Crazy. Right? As far as these like stories are concerned. Well, that's very specific to the fact that we're doing a true crime podcast. I don't think it's very prevalent that people are willing to kill their spouses rather than divorce. Sweetheart, I wasn't making that accusation. <laughs> I'm saying with the murders, okay? I'm not saying like we hear about it in our neighborhood. Yeah. Thank you, though. Uh, so, spe- yeah. Speaking of thank you, um, our Patreon patrons, if you want to become a patron, go ahead and look at our show notes. Click on it. If you appreciate what we do, you want to throw us five, ten, twenty-five dollars. The options are there, and we do a bi-weekly bonus episode. So so far, we have like what five, six bonus episodes out there, something like that. If you become a tier two patron, then you get access to all of them. So you love what we do, go ahead and listen to some uh, some stuff there. I want to thank uh, Colleen, Lily, Karen, Nadine, Allie, Michael, Kayla S, Kelly and Dominic. Thank you so, so much for being patrons. We really appreciate it. You guys are helping us save up for this uh, new camera for our YouTubing. A lot of people have been looking at our YouTube channel, so we haven't had an update in months because I bought some piece of crap <laughs> Chinese camera. That it was, was not good. Yeah, so stay away from those. Yeah, you usually get what you pay for, and I got absolute garbage. So. Yeah. Spent 150 bucks on it down the drain, but uh, we're going to invest in a better one as soon as we get well, five, six hundred bucks, and uh, <laughs> it should uh, should be a lot better. So, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, come visit us on Twitter, Instagram. You know, we post about our lives a little bit and all that stuff. Crime and Coffee Two is where you find us on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, other than that, anything else to add? So no, can... just thank you guys for being here. And until next time, we'll be back. Sounds good. All right, bye. bye.